mighty name. Amen. Good evening again, everybody. Say good evening to your neighbor with a smile. Good evening. Um, okay, so three weeks ago, we, we started looking at the subject of prayer, and we are, um, it has not let us go yet, so we are still in, um, in praying. And Last week, we talked about, about what? About what? The mystery of prayer. Okay, good. And today, we are going to be talking about um, benefits, not just of, of, of praying, but particularly benefits of praying in tongues, um, benefits of praying in tongues. Sometimes we think we, we, we know what we are doing or we are just doing stuff. We don't, we don't really consider what we are doing and or we don't know the weight of what we are doing. So we are not committed to doing it as, as we should. And um, today I pray that God will open our eyes to see as we ought to see in Jesus' name. Amen. The opening question says... Have you had anyone question why you or Christians speak in tongues? Anybody? Have you had anyone question how uh, you're speaking in tongues? How did that go? Um, oh, we've relatively been unchallenged. <laughs> okay, the hand there. There's another one there. So we take those two, then we, we okay. dive in. Yes. For, for me, it wasn't a person particularly that asked me. It, I remember when I first started speaking in tongues, it was a voice from within saying, well, what are you saying? Why are you saying that? You don't even know what you're saying. Then why do you keep You're just saying, saying rubbish. That? Exactly. <laughs> so at some point, mm -hmm. I stopped. Because really, it didn't make sense to me anymore, logically. So... I stopped for a while until one service we had a long time ago. I think it was at TODR. And um, I think you made a call for people to come out. And um, if you pray in tongues. I said, yeah. I, was, I just said, yes, I know I pray in tongues, but I don't use it anymore. Then you told them to come out and lay hands on those people that want to start praying in tongues. So I think you called out workers that pray in tongues to come and lay hands on people that pray in tongues, that, that haven't started praying in tongues. You know, and we came out to the altar, and, and I said to myself, I just said to God, I said, God, if, it, if I touch this person, the person starts speaking in tongues, I'm going back to speaking in tongues. <laughs> so I, I laid my hands on the lady in front of me, and all of a sudden she just busted out. And I was, I was actually in that front for more for myself than even for the person. Right. Because I wanted to know whether this thing is it's legit. I have is legit. Yes. <laughs> so, and right after that, the person started speaking in tongues and was really excited about it. A reaction even kind of made me more, okay, I'm going to stick to this. And since then, I never stopped. Amen. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, she came out, we said, okay, if you can, if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, because many times you think, oh, it's only when pastor lay hands on people. So we say, if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, come out, lay hands on those that want to receive the Holy Spirit, you know? And um, she said she wanted to testify, oh, it was real. 
Praise God. Okay. Yeah. Praise, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, my own time was um, sometime last year. My dad came visiting, and early morning I was doing my normal morning devotion, and he he just heard me speaking tongues. And afterwards, he came to meet me and asked me, "So you are also part of the people that are speaking? <laughs> Does do you even know what you are saying?" And I told him, "I'm praying, and God is hearing me." Mm. And he was like, "Okay." He's actually a Christian as well, but right. an Anglican. Right. We were brought up that way, but he never knew I already grew past that level. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's clap for that um, impute. It's, it's so amazing. You know, there's a story um, of, who was it? Was it Kenneth Hagin, one of the um, fathers of the faith? Um, in our generation, it, was, it said at about 2 a.m., they, they, they had had a meeting in church where they uh, ministered baptism of the Holy Spirit to people. And at about 2 a.m., a young lady, a teenager, came to his house, you know, crying, really crying, you know, and the wife came to call him, and he, and he was sleeping. So he, he said to the, to the girl, what's the problem? Why are you crying? And the girl said, um... The baptism of the Holy Spirit she received is fake. And he said, who told you it's fake? He says, uh, something kept telling her that it's fake. It's not the original. It's fake. So she's crying. Obviously, she was sad and she was crying. She needs help. She needs pastor to pray so that she can have the original one. <laughs> you know? And the, and the pastor said to her that he's been praying in tongues for over 50 years. And the devil still tells him it's fake. That is, God has used him to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to open blind eyes, speaking in tongues. But the devil still tells him it's fake. So you got baptized in the spirit two days ago. Welcome to the, <laughs> to the lies. Because the devil is a liar. Praise the name of the Lord. So you, you don't want him to lie you out of your blessing. And as you're going to learn today, that it's so powerful that we retain what God has, 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 has given us. There are some Christians that will say, oh, I'm a Christian, but I don't want to do, I don't want anything to do with speaking in other tongues. Won't I go to heaven? Of course you go to heaven. But while you're on earth, the full benefit of your Christian life, you need to assess it. And one of the blessings that God has given you is the gifts of the Spirit. And one of such is speaking in other tongues. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, two tribes ago, we talked about, was it two tribes that were different types of prayer? Right, yes. Two tribes ago, we talked about different types of prayer. Is that correct? Good. And um, a gentleman asked a very, very crucial question, which is, out of all the list of prayers that we listed, supplication, intercession, thanksgiving, prayer of faith, and on and on, that there was no praying in tongues on the list. And the response we gave was that praying in tongues cuts across all the prayers because you can pray all manner. In fact, the scripture says we should pray all this manner of prayers in the spirit. 
And that's where we're going to kick off from today. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians 6, 18. The word of God says that, and pray always with all manner of prayer. That is, pray different types of prayer. Pray supplication, pray intercession, pray thanksgiving, pray warfare, pray, pray um, communion, pray on and on. All manner of prayer and supplication. How? In the spirit. And watch thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the sins. Praying in the spirit. So we can give thanks in the spirit. We can do warfare in the spirit. We can do intercession in the spirit. We can do praying in tongues. We can do supplication praying in tongues. The NLT says that pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Pray in the spirit how often? All times. And during what events? In every occasion. You see, there's no way you can pray at all times if you don't pray in the Holy Spirit. There's no way. If you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, there's no way you can pray at all times. You run out of what to talk about with your understanding. Definitely. So we're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1 to 15. It's a, um, the passage of scripture that mm, it's, it's pretty clear, totally clear, but sometimes misunderstood and that's custom um, misunderstanding, I mean, in the lives of quite a number of people. I pray that God will bring light in your life in Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians 14 from verse 1. It says, let love be your highest goal. What's the highest goal? Love. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities, the special gifts the Spirit gives. You know, um, can we just do something about this text and this, this, this lettering? We keep doing the same thing. I keep forgetting to mention it. Especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to who? To God. So established, speaking in tongues is like um, a cipher language between you and God. Speaking in tongues is, is like um, a coded language between you and God. And that's what it is. That is speaking in other tongues. Since people, won't since, since people won't be able to understand you, you will be speaking how? By the power of the, of the Spirit. But it will, be, it will all be mysterious to people because they don't understand you. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comfort them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. But the person who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. The difference, understanding. The person that prophesies, people understand. The person that speaks in other tongues is only him and God. The spirit man and God that is doing the communication. 
I wish you could all speak in tongues. Now, so the problem with the Corinthian church was that they would come to church, to meetings, and people to show forth their spirituality, they would just get up, maybe hold the mic, if they had a mic, and begin to speak in tongues. Begin to speak very deep tongues. Very articulated tongues. I'd probably say, you guys are crazy. What are you, what's that about? Now, imagine all I've said today, since tribe began. Imagine I've said them in tongues. Will that make sense to you? Of course not. And that was exactly what was going on in the church. So, Paul wasn't, didn't have an issue with speaking in tongues. He had an issue with the public speaking of tongues over a congregation. In fact, he made his desire known here. He says in verse 5, I wish you could all speak in tongues. So, he wishes everybody could speak in tongues. So he doesn't have a problem with everybody speaking in tongues. He says, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy, obviously, because it benefits the body. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues and gifts are on different levels. Point blank. The Holy Spirit, but some gifts are of greater weight than others. Unless someone, of course, interprets what you are saying, so that the whole church will be strengthened. Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you, now this is where we go, speaking in an unknown tongue, how will that help you? How will that help you? It says, but if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy, or teaching, that will be helpful. Even lifeless instruments like the flute or the harp must play the notes clearly or no one will recognize the melody. And if the burglar doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know they are being called to battle? It's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand. If you speak to who? People. Now, folks have said, oh, 1 Corinthians 14 is saying, don't speak in tongues in church. That's not what he's saying. When you're in church and you're speaking in tongues in a prayer session, are you speaking to people? If we raise a prayer point and say, everybody, let's pray, and you're praying in tongues, you're not speaking to people. In fact, why should anybody be listening to your prayers? What's their business? Are they from the village? It's not their business. It's none of their business. None of their business. It's you and God. It says, people, if I come speaking to people in, in words they don't understand, how will, that, how will they know what you are saying? It says, you might as well be talking into empty space. There are many different languages in the world. And every language has meaning. But if I don't understand the language, I will be a foreigner to, the, to someone who speaks it. And the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. And the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have 
the special abilities the Spirit gives. That's the Corinthian church. Seek. There's nothing, being, there's nothing wrong with being eager, but seek those gifts that will strengthen the whole church. So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but my understanding is unfruitful. I don't understand what I'm saying. Well then, what do I do? Do I stop praying in tongues? Do I stop praying in the spirit? He says, what do I do? He says, I will. Ever say, I will. Will means I choose to. Will means it is under my control. It's, it's, it's under my volition. I have decided that this is what I will do. Will means I can turn it on and I can turn it off. Will means it's my call. I will pray in the spirit. And I will also pray in my understanding also. I will sing in the spirit. You can sing in the spirit. I will also sing in words that I understand. Praise the name of the Lord. So we see that Paul did have an issue with speaking in tongues. Neither did he have an issue with speaking in tongues either in a public place or in a private place. But he had an issue speaking in tongues in a public gathering to God's people. Because except there's an interpretation. If there's no interpretation, then shut up. That's what he's saying. Just keep quiet. Because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. You can say, oh, the Holy Spirit took control of me. I couldn't control. I was just speaking in tongues. can't tell that to the marines. Paul says, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. I mean, I'm sure, well, you may not have been, but at different times, at different meetings, we've had people speak in tongues and people interpret, right? So, if there's interpretation, if there's no interpretation, the person should keep quiet. If there's interpretation, praise God. And everybody should pray to interpret tongues anyway. When you are praying in tongues, and there are certain utterances that you have that you know that you should actually get the interpretation of what you have just said. You know, I don't know if it happens to you. And if you stay there long enough, you get interpretation of what you have just said. So we see in 1 Corinthians 14, 28... Verse 28, can write that down. First Corinthians 14, 28. It says, but if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in church, in your church meeting. And speak in tongues to God, how? Privately. Privately. So again, Paul never had an issue with speaking in tongues. He's saying, don't speak in tongues in 
church meetings. That is, you are the one conducting the meeting. It's of no value, except you bring an interpretation. So you can speak in tongues and bring an interpretation. Praise God. Praise God. When I'm leading meetings, prayer meetings, either small groups, big groups, whatever, if someone is speaking in tongues, I usually allow them. Why? Because someone else can interpret. But if someone is speaking in tongues and there's no interpreter, I shut them down because there's no point. Or sometimes, someone is speaking in tongues, I feel, okay, let me interpret this thing. I interpret the tongues. And when it's done, praise God. Praise God. <laughs> have you been in meetings where I've interpreted some tongues before? Good. Now, what happens usually? Someone came to me and said, Pastor, what the person said was, uh, was one statement, but your interpretation was very long. <laughs> or what the person said was very long, and your interpretation was very short. It's not one to one. <laughs> it's not one to one. You know, I mean, it's not one to one with English language. Praise the name of the Lord. But largely, we we um, we don't constrain the expression of God's gifts in people. We allow people to express God's gifts. However, we have to know what the scripture says and not to abuse it. One of the keys to being great in any endeavor is to, is to imitate people that are great in those endeavors, to learn from people that are great in those endeavors. If you want to be a great, um, let's say, footballer, for instance, you have to <laughs> imitate, learn, follow after great footballers. If you want to be a great boxer, for instance, you have to, I mean, there was an interview with, with Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson was saying that, you know, because the guy just knocks people out. Do you guys remember Mike Tyson? Good. And he was saying that there are certain corners that he will be in that is a combination of Evander Holyfield or whoever, or, or Mike, um, Ali, Muhammad Ali, that, that at that point, it was Ali. He says, at that another point, it was, you mentioned another great boxer. He says, at another point, you mentioned another great boxer. He says, he says, people look at him and they say, oh, Tyson is like this and that. But that at different difficult situations in the, in the ring, he says he's watched their videos over and over and over and over and over. I mean, this guy is so gifted. Yet he sits down and studies people that have gone ahead of him. Over and over and over. So when he's in that place and he sees that situation, oh, he knows what to do. He knows two uppercut, one <laughs> around the face, whatever, however they do it. And the person falls down. Hebrews 6, 12 says to us, write it down. It says, then you will not become spiritually dull or indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example. Let me say example. The example of those who are going to inherit God's 
promises because of their faith and endurance. So God wants us to follow examples of those that have gone ahead of us. First Corinthians 14, 18 says, this is Paul. First Corinthians 14, 18 says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all, more than any of you. Can that may sound like an arrogant statement? <laughs> Does it? You know, sometimes you listen to people, you know, and you're like, you've not even started. You don't even, you know, this is where Paul is. Sometimes you listen to people talk about, oh, um, spiritual gift of prophecy, how this and that and that and that. And you listen to them and thank God for, for what God is doing in their lives. But you know that they've not even started. And that's what Paul was saying, that I listen to all of you praying in tongues. <laughs> None of you has even read the mark. You know that was what he was saying? I pray in tongues more than you all. Now, what we are taking from this is, if Paul prays in tongues more than everyone in the Corinthian church, he's not trying to shut them down. Praise the Lord. He's trying to say, follow my example. You won't hear me using tongues to bamboozle people. You won't hear me use, I mean, people, come on. Your sister offends you or your brother offends you. You stand over their head and you're speaking in tongues on their head. It's, it is, it's, it's close to witchcraft. Believe me. You can't do that. Uh, you can't. It's more sacred than that. It's big. It's huge. So, 14 of the benefits of praying in tongues. Obviously, there are more than 14, but we are going to look at 14 of, of them. You need to write pretty fast if you are writing. Everybody should be writing. Number one, when you pray in tongues, you charge yourself up spiritually like a battery is charged. You charge yourself up spiritually like a battery is charged. When you pray in tongues, you know, can give you examples of when you are flat out, you are tired, you know, there's a service, you know. You don't even feel like preaching. You don't even feel like you just want to slide down and sleep. But you take a few minutes and pray in tongues and pray in tongues. And before you know it, you're fired up again. You're ready to go. First Corinthians 14.4. First Corinthians 14.4 says, A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. Is, is charged up personally. The person that speaks in tongues is charged up personally. Do you want to have an avenue in your spiritual work when you are low to deliberately charge yourself up? Most people don't, don't know how to do it. They, would, they just wait for it's like circumstances to bring them back up. I will spend circumstances come to bring them back down. No. God wants you to be in control of your life. If you feel flat out, there's a way to charge yourself back up. You pray in tongues. Second benefit of praying in tongues. When you pray in tongues, you pray from your spirit. From your spirit. 
And that is one of the things that make people develop strong spirits. You pray from your spirit. You pray from, you're not praying from your, from your mind. You're not praying from your flesh. You're praying directly from your spirit, from your heart. First Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. My spirit is praying. When I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. Before any service, we spend time praying in tongues. Definitely. Before you take on any endeavor, spend time praying in tongues. You are going for that interview. Spend time praying in tongues. You are going for that negotiation. Spend time what? Praying in tongues. Just find a corner, sit down, pray in tongues. Pray it out loud. Benefit number three. When you pray in tongues, your prayer is dictated and directed by the Holy Spirit. I mean, what a beauty. When you pray in tongues, your prayer is dictated and directed by the Holy Spirit. Because your spirit man is praying, and the Holy Spirit dwells in your spirit man, and your spirit man in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit actually dictates and directs your prayers. So, when you pray in tongues... Your prayer is dictated and directed by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 4. Acts 2 4 says, And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them ability, utterance, promptings. Number four. When you pray in tongues, not only do you charge yourself up spiritually, not only does your spirit man praise, not only do you, does the Holy Spirit dictate and direct your prayers, when you pray in tongues, you operate instantly in the spirit realm. You, particip- you become a participant on the spirit, in the atmosphere, in the spiritual Climate. When you pray in tongues, you engage the spirit realm. First Corinthians fourteen two says, "For if you have the ability of speaking in other tongues, you will be talking only to God. You'll be talking directly to God. You'll be engaging the supernatural and the supreme being of heaven, the creator of the heavens and the earth. So, when you pray in tongues, you charge yourself spiritually, you pray from your spirit, the Holy Spirit directs and detects what you pray. You operate instantly in the spirit realm. Number five, when you pray in tongues, you position yourself to access 
the interpretation. You position, and that's the beauty. First Corinthians fourteen thirteen. You position yourself to access the interpretation. First Corinthians thirteen fourteen says, So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. So you can pray. You have the privilege to access. You're praying in tongues. You're praying in tongues. You, you have the privilege to ask the Holy Spirit for interpretation of what has just been said and what has just been prayed. And he will give it to you. By the way, so that, again, you don't think it's only pastor that, you know, <laughs> has the grace to do this. Anybody else? I'm here. God has given you interpretation of tongues before. Let me see your hands up. Now, I want to look around and see these people. Even Jedidiah has interpreted tongues. Hands all over. Okay, you can put, put the hands down. So you see that it is the privilege of the believers. It's our privilege. Number six. When you pray in tongues, you can pray for long hours like Jesus did. When you pray in tongues, you can pray for long hours like Jesus did. You can pray for long hours like Jesus did. Luke 6, 12. It says, one day, soon afterwards, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. How do you do that? <laughs> How do you pray for one hour? <coughs> well, I know some people that can pray for one hour in their understanding. But how do you pray for four hours? How do you pray for three hours? If you can't pray in tongues. It was never recorded that Jesus spoke in other tongues. It was clear that he had the fullness of the Spirit. It was also clear that he prayed with groanings that cannot be altered, which is an advanced level of tongues, if you will. So, while it is not recorded, it's, there are pointers that he did. Remember the, 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 um, the prayer in Gethsemane we talked about last week? Jesus said, Father, if it's possible... Let this cup pass over me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. How many minutes did it take me to say that? One minute, less than one minute. And Jesus prayed it for one hour and came back and said the same words and prayed for one hour and came back. To be able to take a prayer point for one hour, if you can pray in tongues, beautiful. If you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit here today, and you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, at the end of the service, I will, will stay. 
I will ask the people that have been baptized with the Holy Spirit to come, and they will lay hands on you. <laughs> and you will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. While I go um, to my house to eat a dikai call. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Praise the Lord. So do we have any questions before we, we, we go further? I, I want us to pause here. And um, do we have any questions so far? If you have a question, um, you can signify. Okay, there's a, there's a hand there. If you have a question, you can signify by raising your hand. Yes, please. Good evening, church. Good evening. Yeah. My question is, maybe you'll be speaking in tongue, one type of tongue for long. Yeah. So well, how do you... Graduate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, that's a very good question. Number one, there's actually nothing wrong with it. But number two, there are always deeper levels in God. So it's, it's good to desire to, to have um, a a complete language set than just to be monosyllable um, tongue, to have a monosyllable tongue. The same way you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit usually is the same way to break out in other tongues. The hunger has to be there and you go to God to pray. Obviously, they can lay hands on you and can I, I'm, I'm tempted to. Okay, let me let me ask anybody here. Your tongue has been, you know, monosyllable, syllable tongues. You want to graduate to um, articulated, um, um, multisyllable language set. Let me see your hands up. Put it up. There's nothing to be ashamed about. Okay, okay, okay. So after the service, we'll pray for the set of people too, and boom. You know, <laughs> you God will help you. So it's the same thing. <clears throat> I remember back in the day, um, I was in Unilag. When I got saved, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit by reading a book. Because I didn't trust, <laughs> I didn't trust the guys on campus. They were doing all sorts of rubbish. I mean, well, God forgive me. It looks like rubbish to me. You know, how you be teaching somebody to say, yeah, say, Abba, Abba, Kaba, Abba, Kolo, Kolo, whatever. They were just teaching people how to speak. And I'm like, that doesn't sound right. So I, I didn't want to just go with them. So I was reading my book, a book, rather, in, in my room, alone in my room, and boom, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I had a, a limited language set also. And then there was this video at, also in Unilag at, um, at the sports center, you know. And um, some man of God came <laughs> with my friend today. And he, he, he made a call and said, okay, he described my situation. And I came forward, you know. And I remember the song clearly that he, that he sang. Breathe upon me, bread of God. Breathe upon me, spirit of God. As I lift my hands and surrender 
to your name. Boom. I was, it was, it was like <laughs> an eruption. I've not recovered <laughs> since then. I mean, it's, it's just beautiful. So, um, if I should tell him, oh, I, I haven't told him. <laughs> He's my senior friend, senior uh, ministry friend today. So, yes, that's how. I hope that, that has answered your question. Anybody else? Another question? Okay, so we take that and that. And that. One, two, three, then we, we go on. Yes, please. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. Okay, I want to find out, is it possible for someone to desire a certain gift or a certain manifestation and you've been praying for it and you're not getting it? So, for example, the First Corinthians 14, 13 that we read says that we should ask God for the gift of interpretation. Now, is it possible that one is asking and it's not coming? Is it that it's not for you or it's for, you know? Okay. <clears throat> when the Bible talks about tongues, they are two distinct, both from the Holy Spirit, but two distinct operations. The first is the gift of the other tongues. The gift of the other tongues is a prayer language that you can pray at will. Then there's diversities of tongues. Now, both can be interpreted. The gift of the other tongue and the diversity of tongues. However, the gift of the interpretation of tongues is like the diversities of tongues described largely here and in 1 Corinthians 12. And that comes, you don't, the believer does not control it. That comes as the spirit breeds upon the situation. So, when you ask for the interpretation of tongue, it is not going to be owned by like other tongues. Like the believer not practically owns the other tongue, you know. It's going to come as an inspired gift as the Holy Spirit inspires. Now, when you ask for it, sometimes it's, it's, you also need to check um, um, issues of attuneness, issues of faith. Sometimes the Holy Spirit has given you interpretation you don't even believe it. Um, I'd rather check those first before saying it's not for me. Because there's no way that God says it's not for me. I believe that if I ask, he will give me. But however, can God have a situation when he feels the gift is not for a particular person? Yes, it's possible. And if that happens, praise God. Be faithful in the ones you have. And the more you are faithful, you can't control, I mean, interpretation of, for, okay, sometimes, one time we're having God doing a service, vigil, you know, there was a basket in front, and I felt I should lay my hands on the basket. And I went down, I laid my hands on the basket, and I closed my eyes, and I was reading out all the prayer points in the basket. And I was praying for all the prayer points in the basket, one after the other, one after the other, one after the other. And the testimonies people were giving, oh, you mentioned my father had this, you mentioned my father had this, as I laid my hands on the basket. Now, another vigil came. I said, ah, I think I put my hand on this basket, self. So, I put my hand on the basket. Ah. Long scene. 
<laughs> so, I mean, I just got up and I walked away. I was praying. <laughs> God, and God answered the prayer. <laughs> but the point is, it was that one, I didn't create it. I can't recreate it. It, it was inspired. It, it came over me. And choose, God chooses when that happens. Not anybody. Are you fine, sir? Number two. Yes, sir. Yeah, good evening, church. Good evening. Yeah, um, you have almost answered my question. Yeah, I, back then in Abuja, I was um, invited in the church. Of course, I don't want to mention the name of the church. That's I okay. was invited by my boss. So as in, that was my first time. After the church, you know, as usual, first timers. I mean, you are like trying to teach us how to speak in tongues. I mean, I had to like raise alarm. Of course, I don't want to like conclude. Of course, that's not what is written in the Bible. They were you how to speak in tongues. Of course. So oh, that's why right. I, I don't want to mention church. Okay. I mean, I really need more clarification. Is that possible to teach someone how to speak it's wrong. in tongues? It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. You shouldn't. You see, but also many times you shouldn't teach someone how to speak in tongues as indirectly, but you should teach someone how to receive the Holy Spirit. You can teach someone how to receive the Holy Spirit. So, some people, they keep their mouth shut and say, if the Holy Spirit wants, it should be moving my mouth. The Holy Spirit will not move your mouth to speak in tongues. <laughs> it won't. You have to, you know, you, you will feel the prompting, you release yourself, you, you speak in other tongues. I mean, there was a lady I prayed for and I was convinced she had received the Holy Spirit. Or the, I mean, but she was not speaking in tongues. You know, and God said, I, I felt God was saying that. She tell her that, okay, when she gets home, she should shut the door, herself alone, worship, and, and she did that, and she started speaking in tongues. And she came back and said, ah, I started speaking in tongues. So maybe she was, you know, girls, you know, maybe she was conscious of herself, her makeup, her, you know, so <laughs> she really couldn't. Be free with God. I don't know. So maybe that was what was the issue. But you can teach and encourage, but you cannot teach the tongue. It's wrong. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. I have two questions, sir. Shoot. Um, the first one, um, I was discussing with someone. Sometimes when you're praying in tongues privately, you begin to sound like someone, someone you know. And I've heard praying in tongues before. And I got an answer and she said, um, maybe because you have something to do with the person or assignments are aligned. I wasn't really clear on that. I want to know what it means okay. when it I'm praying and okay. I'm sounding like someone it else. It doesn't mean that one. Okay. I can tell you <laughs> off the book. Okay. It, means that, it means that the person has greatly influenced you. That's what it means. Yeah, and it means that you are listening too much to the person. So, not too much, a lot, you know, to the person. So, we begin to pick up mannerisms. There are churches that, even when their ministers come up to minister, they sound like the lead pastor. In fact, they walk like the guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> now, now, listen. <laughs> we, we don't do that here, because we, we allow people to have individual expressions, which is great. But the there's really nothing wrong with it. If it's just like there are some children that when they start speaking in tongues, they start speaking their their the tongues of their parents. 
That's where they start from. In fact, when my daughter speaks in tongues, she sounds like I won't mention who. Because she always watches the person. She sounds like Lamide when she speaks in tongues. When we're praying and she's speaking in tongues, she's sounding like Pastor Lamide. So, but that's where she's going to start from. She's going to find her own expression. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Okay. So, cool. The second question. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry sir. Second question. Okay. You get to a point when you're praying and then you cannot speak again. You're just, your lips are just vibrating and you try to stop vibrating and act, speak actual tongues, but it's Why? still vibration. Why do you want to stop? Just let it, if you want to vibrate, let it vibrate. Just... You should learn, we, we should learn to just flow with God, you know, <clears throat> and not have a stereotype on how it has to be, you know. Thank you. Okay, number seven. When you pray in tongues, you can intercede for other believers, souls, families, and nations. Ephesians 6.18. You, okay, don't, don't bring it up, scripture, but pull back, okay, thank you. Um, but write it down, Ephesians 6.18, because I'm not going to read it. It's, it's pretty straightforward. We should, with all manner of prayer, pray. We can intercede for other believers, souls, families, nations. Number eight. When you pray in tongues, you can give thanks and praise God more effectively. You can give thanks and praise God more effectively. First Corinthians fourteen seventeen. You can give thanks and praise God more effectively. It says you'll be giving thanks very well. Number nine, when you pray in tongues, it is a sign to the world that Christ is in you. Mark sixteen seventeen. it is a sign to the world that Christ is in you. Mark sixteen seventeen. Number 10. When you pray in tongues, you are exercising your faith. You are exercising your faith. You are exercising your faith. Galatians 3, 5. Galatians 3.5. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? No, of course not. It's because you believed the message of Christ and Christ is in you. Number 11. When you pray in tongues, you are building up your faith. If you find out that your faith is low, 
or your faith is, if you spend time, Jude 20, if you spend time, Jude 20 says that, but you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Doing what? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in tongues. Number 12. When you pray in tongues, you can pray and think. And that's big. You can pray and think. You can pray and think. First Corinthians 14.14 14 says to us, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unproductive. My mind is unfruitful. My mind is unproductive. So it means that I can be praying and I can be thinking. Maybe you have a problem you want to solve. You can be thinking about that solution as you are praying in tongues. It's very powerful. Very, very powerful. And of course, number 13, when you pray in tongues, you can pray and read the Bible. You can pray and read the Bible. You can be reading the Bible and praying in tongues while you are reading the Bible. You are praying in tongues while you are reading the Bible. You are praying in tongues while you are reading the Bible. In fact, there was a time, I mean, not the time, even now, when people say to me, oh, but when I pray in tongues, when I'm praying, my mind is always wondering, my mind is always wondering, oh, I don't feel spiritual. It's normal. When you are praying in tongues, your spirit is praying, but your mind is unfruitful. It's in the Bible. So what do you do? You take a scripture, take a scripture and engage your mind. Put it in front of you. Be reading it over and over and again while you are praying in tongues. It gives your, in fact, it gives your prayer fuel. So let's say a scripture. If a man is in Christ, is a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. You are praying in tongues and you are thinking about it. If a man is in Christ, is a new creation. You are praying in tongues. Oh, you are praying in tongues. You are praying in tongues. Before you know it, in fact, God will show you dimensions of that scripture that you've not, um, you can't imagine. Number 15? 14, finally. When you pray in tongues, you can pray and walk. So, you can be walking. That, that makes sense. When God says pray at all times. So you can be at your office, you're praying in tongues. You can be at your desk, you're praying in tongues. You can be in the kitchen, you're praying in tongues. You can be writing a proposal, you're praying in tongues. You can be writing a letter, you're praying in tongues. You can be reading a book, you're praying in tongues. Do we have any questions? Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Now, do, do, do we... Um, how many people are fired up to pray more in tongues? Let me see your hand up. Okay, that should be all of us. Okay, great, fantastic. Do we have any questions? Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Because I'm a tazzy and